0: guys, welcome to another episode of Live with the Cork in the Road. I'm Kelly, I'm your wine explorer here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am chatting with people who are shaping the Southeast wine industry. From Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kelly, your host. I'm getting dangerously close to the 100th episode milestone. So, thank you all for the support over the years and for making this project what it is. It means everything. Really, really enjoyed seeing a bunch of my favorite people in the Atlanta wine community recently at the annual Psalm Smackdown blind tasting competition. I'm happy to report that I did better than I did last year. So apparently practice makes progress. And what a fun way that was to celebrate the art of blind tasting right here in Atlanta. Now today's guest is someone I was lucky enough to meet while traveling in Italy this fall. And she is a writer, a content creator, a performer and an ambassador, and an on-premise rep for wine and spirits brands. Yolanda Shoshana is based in New York City but is more like a real-life Carmen Sandiego, no joke, I never know where I'm going to see her next, a world traveler and always at the hottest beverage industry events. One of the things I love about her work though is how she taps into the broader social and cultural context going on in the industry and she always brings her own unique voice to her work through print and online outlets, including No Big Deal, Huffington Post, Liquor.com, Black Enterprise, Essence, United States Bartenders Guild, and more. She is skillfully using her background as a theater major to combine art and wine and music and essentially all the senses. I love the tips that she provides in this episode about finding a story while you're on a press assignment. And you'll hear a fun recap of her recent trip to a place that we both love, Argentina. We have to get her back in Atlanta soon, though, and maybe even then we can swing over to Charleston because we have to go see some of her good friends that I recently just met randomly at Tipling House in Charleston last time I was in town, so I'm still smiling about that. I love this small little wine world so, so much. There will not be a podcast episode next week because we will be traveling in Sonoma County. Really, really looking forward to all the appointments that we have lined up and to seeing a lot of our wine friends while we're in town. I'll be staying at the Rossignol Vineyard house, which is very exciting for many reasons, but you may have seen the big news last week that yes, Rossignol Vineyard will be featured very soon on some TV. I'll be tasting barrels with Ross Knoll's winemaker and also sampling the new vintage of the rosé and white Pinot Noir. I'll put a bunch of the updates on at a cork in the road on social media during this trip. But also, if you're in the area, you can still grab a ticket to my first ever out-of-state wine event that I'll be doing in partnership with my friends Ryan and Katie Cundy of DRNK Winery on Friday, February 10th we will be featuring six wines from their portfolio and showing off their new pop-up tasting space in downtown Petaluma. I will also have my wine pocket handbags available for sale at this pop-up, so you can head to www.acorkintheroad.com for the ticket link right now. When we get back from California, we'll be getting all plans together for celebrating the 100th podcast episode here in Atlanta, Plans are already in motion. We have a couple save the dates coming up for related events in March. So stay tuned for all the details. The next podcast episode will drop on February 14th and it is our first ever listener Q&A episode. We got some really good submissions, so thanks for sending those in. And my special guest and I will be answering a lot of those on air. Until then, please take care and I hope you enjoy listening to today's episode. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I can't believe that the last time I saw you was at a hotel in Milan, Italy. How crazy is that? Fabulous, beautiful, and it was amazing. <laughs> I feel like that's like a really bougie thing to say, but it's all true. I saw I you know. in Milan.
1: <laughs> Living our best life.
0: <laughs> Always. And based on what I see that you've been up to since we got back from Italy together, the New York City nightlife and bar scene is alive and well. You have been out and about, my friend.
1: Yeah, I call that being in the streets. (laughs) It's like, where's she at? I'm kind of like, what's her name? Carmen San Diego? Like, where's Shoshi tonight? Where's Shoshi tonight? I'm always somewhere.
0: (laughs) You have been, and it's so encouraging to see you've been covering so many great events spanning across wine and spirits. Yes. You've been working in this space, though, for a long time, How does going to events, like I've seen you've been doing all over New York City, how does that help you? Does it connect you? Does it inspire you? Like, What do you get out of those events?
1: Well, um, it definitely inspires and it connects me to the community. New York, we're kind of a tight-knit community, uh, whether you're in bartending, writing, content creating, whatever that is. And I get to try all these amazing things. Uh, And I think that's where my inspiration comes from. I get to try wines or spirits, something new, because people always want to launch their new brand in New York. So we have a little bit of an advantage uh, than other places because some things don't make it out of New York. But it is so inspiring and because I love food (laughs) and I love to drink. So So anytime I get a chance to try a new product, because there's so many... I'm down.
0: (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like a lot of those parties I've seen you go to, they're launch events. It's like introducing you to a new product hitting the market and who knows if it even leaves New York,
1: but you get to kind of have a sneak peek. Yeah, like Patron has a new uh, line of tequila. And they started here, and I think they did something in California, but now they're gonna uh, release it nationwide. But they did their big party in New York. And you yeah. got to go. I did, and enjoy tequila. <laughs>
0: you have a lot of connections in New York, and I see you out and about a lot. And I loved traveling with you in Italy. We were learning all about grappa. Your energy is contagious. It's amazing. Did you know anything though about
1: grappa before that trip? I actually did because this was my second grappa trip actually. That's right. So um, I knew a little bit even before that other trip because I love brandy. I know grappa is classified as a brandy and it's my favorite spirit. So for me, it was kind of a revisit, but also trying new things like and never had the Chianti Classico grappa. That was my favorite. Um, So I learned a little bit more and got reminded because, you know, we had two years where things were weird. Uh, I got reminded um, of grappa and did learn some new things.
0: Did you know that we were going to wake up that one day in
1: the foothills? Because me on that bus, my face that morning, I don't, I did not know. (laughs) I didn't either. Like, uh, there were so many surprises. I'm like, wait, where are we now? Where are we now? Where are we? Tuscany. Like, oh, Can't you just still smell Tuscany? I oh, remember absolutely. the way it smelled. Mm. Smelled and looked. It's like a painting. Like, you can't even believe how beautiful it is. And I want to go back so badly and have wine. Just copious amounts of wine.
0: <laughs> I think that was really neat to be able to talk with you because we were geeking out about the wine, but also the spirits because you have experience. In both. And I think where we went, it was like the center of those worlds colliding. Yes. And
1: I saw your eyes light up about it too. It was magical for me because I do love both. And I love that Italians are so good at both. <laughs> so it was like the best of both worlds and just trying stuff that we can't even get in the United States. Uh, amazing. And their quest to get it to us, like, please bring it here. We're ready.
0: Well, and being in New York, maybe that's it. That's where they can start. They can start with launching it through you in New yes. York City. <laughs> yes,
1: please. We're ready.
0: <laughs> I always tried to sit next to you at dinner because I just love eating and dining with you. It was I could just tell that this was bringing you to life, was like the combination of all these things, and then connecting with people through those meals, through those beverages. This is what you do.
1: Yes. Well, I'm all about, uh, everything I've always done has been about the senses. So I believe in a whole sensory experience from the smelling, touching, tasting, so, and, and the visual, it just all makes everything come together. And I think people are happier when they're using all of their senses as well. So that's why I think I love food so much because it just includes so many things. And then if you have a great playlist to go with your meal and your wine and your spirits, what could be better?
0: it is a holistic experience when you have those worlds colliding. Mm -hmm. And this isn't your first rodeo in terms of like exploring, traveling, and writing about these things, like writer, performer, ambassador. How would you describe your current role right now as we roll into 2023? When you're like, oh,
1: hi, here's I'm on an elevator with you. What do you do? All of those things still. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because I've brought everything that I love kind of together. So um, I am a performer, like during COVID, I wrote um, a wine show, it was a solo show. My goal had been to wait to do it after so I could do it in front of people. Like it'd be like a tasting. So people could taste and I would be performing these characters, but I filmed it and I really loved it. I I think I wanna bring that back. I am an ambassador. I'm about to start working with the new sparkling wine. And she's got a line of wine from California. And I found that she has a champagne and woman. I'm so excited about that. So I'm going to be like her area manager, ambassador in New York City. And I've realized I really want to help get more products on premise in New York. So in a sense, I would call myself an ambassador, an on-premise representative, because I love that process. Because so many people have a hard time getting it in the restaurants. And as you know, I'm out and about all the time, which means I have great contacts. So I want to do more of that. So I'm kind of starting like a business to get as much on premise as I possibly can and content writing and creating. And I want to start writing culinary crime. I want to write television shows that include food and killers and <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Bringing it all together.
0: <laughs> My face right now. I know this is an audio platform, but I'm, I'm like, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling so big because I did not expect that, but I'm not surprised because yes <laughs> because like just knowing all of these things I'm like I am not surprised for one second that you are combining and performing and all these things but let's let's back up for one second you just huh? threw this in there casually but tell me about these wine club monologues because you created and performed this show
1: like a one woman show my intention was because I missed being on stage I was a theater major years ago and I thought what can I do to bring entertainment and wine together? So I created this show called the Wine Club Monologues, and it's based on people who are part of a wine club. And the characters get up and they're talking about themselves and their love of wine. So everybody's different. I just created all these wacky kind of characters from, you know, a Jewish woman from the Upper East Side to this young kid who, not not too much of a kid, 21, um, who could uh, drink wine. And I wanted to do it in a tasting. So I wanted to do it at a bar or a restaurant so people could literally have wine as we're doing this show. But since COVID, I decided to perform it and I had wine, I had tons of wine in my apartment. So I kind of, I was also kind of recommending the wine because I had selected bottles that I really loved and I talk about the love of the wine. I forgot, my show was about 30 minutes. I said, if I can get this in the Fringe Festival, I'll I'll make it happen. So I did and I literally... I filmed it in a whole weekend and I edited it myself on my phone. I did it all by my phone. <laughs>
0: this, is, this is not only like just you performing, but you producing the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I did the whole thing.
0: And what was the
1: reaction? Like what were some of the first comments that you heard back? Actually, people loved it. And I actually made some pretty good money off of it. Because the reason I also filmed it, I could have done it on Zoom, which would have been a live performance, but I I just felt like that would be weird. But I filmed it because then people could download it at any time. So people loved it. They thought, oh my God, it's so cute. Because I would say, if you know a lot about wine, you wouldn't learn anything, but hopefully you like the characters. I made it kind of Basic because I also at the same time was improving some of the stuff that I was doing. I had a basis of a script, I still never finished the script, but I was improving a lot of the videos that I did. <laughs> so, um, but people actually really liked it. And I was like, great. So I, it got in the Connecticut Fringe Festival, Hartford, and uh, the one upstate in New York. I can't remember, Rochester. So it was great, it was a good time. That is a pure success. And it's all your brainchild.
0: Like you created this, you were passionate about it and you made it happen, which like all steps of, you can have the idea, but you actually created the idea and then sent it to people and people got to see, feel and enjoy.
1: Well, I have this motto, like during um, COVID, I said, um, Tyler Perry, that thing. Um, Because the one thing I was, I was watching something and Tyler Perry some of his stuff is still hilarious. Like he makes his stuff in a week. And I thought I could never do something like that. But now I understand his process. I really liked it more than I thought. He doesn't care. care Like, I won't say he doesn't care about the quality. He just makes it and he puts it out there. So I told all my friends, I said, whenever you feel like you're scared to do something, it doesn't matter what it is, you Tyler Perry that thing. Just do it. And don't worry about anything else. But create the thing and put it out there. Maybe it's not your best work, but it doesn't matter. Tyler Perry's now a billionaire. Some of his stuff is horrible still to this day. Shout out Tyler Perry. But the point is, you got to do it. You just got to do it.
0: <laughs> and you are exploring this overlap of wine and art. How I think about this a lot. How can we continue to build on that overlap and that combination? How do we keep combining wine and art? Where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, I think to me, that's where we should be going. And I think that's why spirit, I mean, spirits, they're a little more pricey. I think that's why, though, they are where they are because they have mastered that. I think we got to keep doing art shows with wine. Keep doing, um, like a friend of mine did a perfume and wine wine thing. Uh, do playlists. Do pair music with wine. Just keep playing with it. And it can be your interpretation. There is no right or wrong way to do it. So I just think put layers on because it's adding to the senses. I mean, what could be better than just sipping a glass of wine and your favorite jazz song or your favorite song? Like, it's just the best thing in the world. So it brings people together and it creates a whole other experience with whatever it is you're drinking. So I hope more people do that. I think that's where we should be going. And it also helps with diversity in our community.
0: Bringing people in that may not have the wine background, but they're coming in with a different interest and now they're finding wine through right. the avenue.
1: Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him. Jermaine, the Wolf of Wine, like he does hip hop and wine. Like, yes, absolutely. So I think more things like that or just people being open because maybe you don't think you like hip hop, but you never know. There could be that one song that you like and then there's a great wine that's paired with it or whatever song music it is. Like, I don't gravitate toward rock music. I don't dislike it, but sometimes I've been in the atmosphere where there's a really great rock song and I'm having a really great red wine or whatever.
0: Yeah. And that combination can elevate the whole thing. It's like each mm-hmm. individual piece becomes better because you have that combination. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to be looking to you
0: for leading the way on other creative outlets here to combine these two
1: worlds. Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: And I know that the word, you know, influencer can be kind of divisive, but you actually have an influence through your work and your perspectives that you bring to this wine and spirit space, like actually influencing things and progression and motion. So you probably think about this too. What is successful content creation? Like what is a marker of success for you when you're creating these things and putting them out into the world?
1: That's a great question. I, cause I think I'm in a place now where I just kind of create whatever I want and I throw it up. And I'm like, if people like it, they like it. I hope they like it. You, Tyler Perry it. <laughs> yeah, like I, but I've always kind of been that way. And I, cause I think some people get very worried about like, should I do this? Should I do this? Or they're so busy trying to copy someone else. I think being unique is a success. Like everybody has a different voice. And I think that's what we need more of in the community because I think some people tried so hard to be like other people. So it's kind of like, Okay, somebody posted that that's so similar to the other thing. And then they like you stand out when you're adding your unique voice. So, the unique aspect of because I do things a little bit differently, which I think is obvious. And I think that has helped me stand out. And maybe that has helped my influential whatever I am, help me be an influencer. So, don't be scared to take chances to do something the way you want. To do it just because this big time influencer is doing it this way, it doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. Do something else.
0: Because spoiler alert, people can tell when it's not genuine. Like you can tell, you can absolutely (laughs) tell. Like, sorry, you're not fooling anybody. I am drawn to authenticity all the time in in my normal life, but also in online in media. I'm drawn to genuine authenticity, and so if I see that in somebody and I go, wow, like they're really being, they're the true selves. It's really engaging to me.
1: Yeah. And I think people have more fun when they're doing their unique thing. Cause sometimes people look a little miserable. It's like, did you even have fun doing that? <laughs> you know what happened when the camera stopped? It's like, they go like, Oh, are they, are they cursed on the side or whatever? Oh, they're, like, they're like, thank God this is over now. I can just post it.
0: <laughs> yes. The Instagram versus reality. It's, it's right there. Yes. It's right there. We just don't see the reality part, but I've yeah. dabbled. I've been dabbling recently in some writing and some publications and i just have to say like for me it's tough i love writing but i'm my background is in scientific writing and so it's tough for me i i admire it i i admire creative writing and i know that you have done this a lot so do you have any tips that you'd pass along to finding that story that angle when you're traveling when you're interacting with
1: these events what are you looking for how do you how do you decide what the story is uh yeah cuz i do look i specifically try to find different things to write about. But I think my lens may be that way too, because I tend to be the person that's a little different or whatever. So I'm looking for a different angle. I would say, find out what's been written about already. And then whatever strikes your eye, because there may be that one thing that you think nobody cares about, but everybody would care about it. For example, and I I use Hennessy, cognac, when I was there on their press trip, you know, everybody was talking about this and that. It was an anniversary. And then something happened where I asked a question and I got very curious about the Black community in Hennessy. And I ended up doing research on that and finding out. So I had one of the first articles about. What what the black community actually and Hennessy and Cognac, because I just got really curious and I discovered so many things that I did not know. And then I said to them as a brand, I'm like, you're not even publicizing this yourself. So it was a very interesting conversation because sometimes brands don't know they're doing something amazing. And you're the one that needs to point it out. They're like, Oh, we've been doing that for years. Like, I find too that. Some wine brands are like, oh, well, my mom is actually the one that da 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 da. da. So women, too, have sometimes had this hidden thing that we don't know about in wine, how much how much they've actually contributed, like kind of got buried. And it was really the mom that came up with the label or the whatever. And like you pull that out of people and they, to them, it wasn't the story. It's their new vintage. But the story was actually, you have that vintage because the mom did this one quirky thing years ago. So you just got to talk to people. And so I love asking winemakers and anybody who's making a spirit, very different questions. I always ask winemakers and distillers what music they listen to, which always changes and takes you to a whole other place. When you start getting them talk, like sometimes you got to get them talking off the wine because I like to know who they are. And once you start doing that, I always ask them if they cook. But when you ask them about their musical taste, then you find out so much more about them because they start talking about all these things. So it's just asking them different questions and not the same thing. Like, okay, what's, you know, what's your favorite event? You know, that, that, that. So just asking them different questions, you get to different places.
0: Then you're going to find a very, very unique angle for Mm -hmm. who these people are from like a production side. You're giving Mm -hmm. people that human aspect. And I know you're really good at pulling out that like conversation, like, we just go deep, like small talk, not, not ideal
1: let me ask you your, yeah. let me see your soul. <laughs> yeah. Cause I really love to know stuff about them. And I, and I'm always the one I'm like, maybe this will be a controversial question. Maybe not. I also too, if their wife is in the, if a winemaker has their husband or wife in the room, sometimes I literally go, how'd you two meet? That is the best question because it just really opens up. Cause sometimes it's like, well, she was in wine school and decided not to do it or whatever it is. It's just the best. It's the best question ever.
0: Oh my gosh. So what if, what has been kind of a standout story? I mean, you mentioned the Hennessy, like what were some of the takeaways that you were super excited to publish, to share from your perspective?
1: Oh, well, yeah. On the Hennessy thing, I found out how close Josephine Baker had worked with them and was an ambassador. But I also found out in in that process that Hennessy hired one of the first uh, African American vice presidents in the United States. And they also gave money, they helped give money to the NAACP. And they were also instrumental in giving money and helping the women's right to vote in New York City. Like all this stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, why are you not? They're like, cause we just do it. It's not a cause they're not doing it for for any purpose to to write about. It's just been part of their their company history throughout the years. And I just found all of it so fascinating. They didn't come up on the press trip.
0: <laughs> wow. And then you did this digging after. And I find it very interesting that
1: you even had to dig for those kind of facts, but thank goodness you did. Well, I always tell people when you go on a press trip too, this is a thing that I do. I try not to write too much right after. I always wait and i even tell people on the trip i said i it takes me about a week sometimes because i like to digest and i want my soul to remember something and that's kind of where stories come from for me so i kind of just kind of sit back and i'm like what spoke to me the most what quirky thing and then that's where i i so another story i wrote but it was it was in new york i went to interview a guy by this new bar in harlem and and it was it was just about like, oh, okay, what do you what are you doing here? He built everything himself. And he happened to be coming to Harlem at a time where gentrification was in question. He was white and coming in with a business. But by the time I left him, that story took this whole other turn. And I talked about what he was doing in the community, how he had built everything, all this other stuff. It wasn't about, oh, it's a new bar. It became who he was and and what his background was. I like Doug Deep and I did a little digging on him. And I published it and it was, it got so many likes and reviews and he loved it because I had put it in Huffington Post at the time. But the story was just supposed to be me reviewing the wings and going for a glass of something. And it was one of the best nights ever. He had a live band. The the place was incredible. Old people were dancing, young people were dancing every shade. And I just thought, what a great community this man is creating. (laughs) So yeah. You just never know. You got to be open to a different story, I think.
0: You let that process time happen. So you're yeah. not just jumping at the first thing that you see and you're thinking, what really did resonate with me?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because publicists will tell you what they want you to write about, which is also great. It's wonderful. And of course, follow those guidelines. But sometimes that's not the story. You don't, they don't need 20 people writing about the wings and the beard. Like, I mean, that's great, but maybe you have something different to say. So sometimes just trust yourself and go go off and write something a little bit different.
0: Trust your voice, trust mm-hmm. your perspective. Okay, you, you've told me this and everyone listening. So <laughs> thank you so much for inspiring us. Where does this, this passion for wine and spirits come from? Has this always been part of your life?
1: Yes and no. It's so interesting. So I got into wine. I was life coaching, actually, and I was going to events. In the city, and I started liking the wine. Now the wine wasn't great; it was you know lower lower in brands. But I just got curious, and I decided to start a separate blog called Witch on Wine,
0: like witch with a broomstick, witch.
1: Yeah, but not spooky. Not I'll spooky, be- like a fit, fa- like fa- like wonderful, like wizard of yeah. Oz, witch. Yeah, because I am a witch. I am a bruja. Uh Yes, like I'm more Glinda, but I mean maybe on the bad day I'm the evil witch. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of where the wine thing came from, but my first blog was actually called Kosher Soul Food. I actually wrote about food. And I started that because I wanted to show diversity in the Jewish community. And I did it through food. I keep forgetting that that was the first blog I ever wrote. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. So food has always been something that I've enjoyed. And I did write a little about kosher wine back then, but the wine was not good. Now kosher wines are outstanding. It was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, (laughs) We all know. Uh, But I kind of had a love for it then, but I didn't tap into it. But it was when I kind of was really interested in learning more that I just said, "Well, I'm going to start this blog. We'll see what happens. And it took off. Totally took off.
0: You wanted to share, you wanted to have conversations with people. And you found, again, that unique story. I'm seeing that this is kind of a trend for you. You're always kind of pushing the boundaries on what people have done and finding a new perspective and a new look at it. But You're based in New York City, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people love traveling there. I'm coming back in March, by the way. I'll be be coming to New York, so I got to go see what's going on. But how would you describe the wine scene right now? I know things were really crazy. We talked about the time warp of the past couple years. How do you describe the New York City wine scene?
1: Oh, it's popping again. I mean, I the events are coming back full force and winemakers are thrilled to be back here and to show up their wine. There's always something. Even at the end of last year, there were tons of people, but now all the winemakers are coming through. They're coming through again and they're ready to share. So it's a good time to be here for wine. And you know, then you have people who are like, oh, the restaurant scene is, is picking up again and we have new restaurants. So of course. They're trying to get their wines in those restaurants, so we are seeing a lot happen in food and beverage um, again in in New York. So, uh, and I love it because I love winemakers; they're they're some of my favorite people.
0: And you know they're going to stop in New York if they're coming.
1: If they're coming, especially
0: it. from abroad, they're going to stop in New York. They're going to come see what's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they love. They're always like, "This is one of my favorite cities." They love to get in and get out. <laughs>
0: So oh, cool. And you get to be right there to see this all happen. What do you think makes a wine scene successful though? I mean, you're living in one of the top food and beverage scenes, but other places, like what do you look at for a successful wine
1: scene? Ooh, I mean, that is, that is where it gets tricky because I too forget. So I think the fascinating thing, and actually now being on the end of getting things on premise and off, that's where sometimes it will be stifling or it'll be the best thing that'll happen to you. We get to have everything here. But then you have like Pennsylvania that's controlled. So I think that sometimes keeps things at bay. But I think just being inclusive and not being, like, I love bougie wine, don't get me wrong. I love the expensive stuff. Um, I've seen what you've been drinking, I uh, know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey don't, get, don't get it twisted now. Y'all keep sending the champagne. Um, but I think just allowing people to describe the wine the way they want. Because I think people that don't drink a lot, they're like, well, I taste this. Is that wrong? I'm like, there is no wrong. That's what you taste. I don't care. I may taste grass. You may taste dirt. I don't know. I'm not here to say what's right or wrong. I think we need to allow people to say how they feel, what they smell and taste, and do it their way. Yeah, maybe they're not swirling their glass right, but that doesn't mean you have to drag them for it. Maybe they're not holding the glass the way you think they should, but That's their prerogative. As long as they're enjoying themselves, one day they'll get there. Maybe they'll hold the glass the proper way, or maybe not. Maybe they'll always drink out of a sippy cup. That's their prerogative. I think we just got to let people live and enjoy the wine the way that they want to. And yeah, maybe somebody wants a red with their their fish that you think they shouldn't have it with. Sometimes I don't post that because I know I wanted red wine. I still want to have my fish. And I don't have time for anybody to tell me that I can't have my red wine and my fish. Mind your business. (laughs)
0: you're like i'm not even gonna let this into my life we're closing that door it's not happening yes (laughs) well you are welcome in atlanta anytime anytime you can just come on down to atlanta have you been it's
1: been a while so my dad actually lives there i haven't been in a long time and i really should come to atlanta um i had a really good friend that moved there too i haven't spoken to her in a while um because she's really busy but i hear your food situation has gotten really i mean you always had good food but like you all have some good eating, so I should come check it out.
0: You did say you like food, and I'm like, well, come on, come on, just come on over, just come okay. on over. We also can make a side trip when you're when you're here, because I ran into your really good friends in Charleston, South Carolina. I still can't believe how this all unfolded. I ran into a couple at a wine bar
1: that you married.
0: What in the world? Like what, how did this happen?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I can officiate weddings in New York. And I've had, I've been able to do that for years now. And I did, I almost went to rabbinical school. That did not, yeah. And I just figured out other ways around it, things I wanted to do. And it was to marry people. So they had a mutual friend. This is how I met. Them Kelly Jones, who actually was the first since sommelier, she made wine perfume. So Kelly introduced us. She's like, Well, my friends Tom and Johnny, they are gonna get married, and um they're looking for an officiant. They invited me to their apartment in Chelsea, where they lived at the time, and they poured me really great wine and gave me cheese, and we're talking about the wedding. And you know, they're and Tom's kind of looking at me funny, and I said, Well, what's wrong? He goes, I'm, I'm scared you're gonna say you don't want to marry us and I go well why he goes because we know that if you don't feel like a couple's gonna make it you don't marry them. <laughs> and I was like no I said I said well I, I'd love to I said but how many people are you talking to they're like just you <laughs> I was like oh so I ended up officiating their wedding and we had such a good time that was a fun wedding. We danced the night away, and it was absolutely beautiful. And then I ended up marrying another um, couple that were friends with them. So it just, it was really great. Um, and it's just crazy how much time has passed, because <laughs> it feels like yesterday, but uh, good time. So I met them through somebody who was in wine. Once again, wine brings people together. And um, she connected us. And yeah, and I miss them. <laughs> I miss them, but I love that they're loving Loving their new digs. I have to go. We should go visit them. That's what
0: I'm thinking. You fly into Atlanta. You see what's going on here. You eat some really good food, and then we go to Charleston and we keep eating food. But we also meet up with them and we go to wine bars and all of that. That's what I'm thinking. Oh my god!
1: Yes, we are going to make that happen. We're going to talk about dates after that. We sure are.
0: Take that one offline. Yeah, because it was just really beautiful and just having. Been on a trip with you recently. I just couldn't believe the small world, but again, probably shouldn't be surprised anymore of how the wine community really does show up like this. But you know, it was like, oh, you two like wine, you should talk. And then it was like, oh, well, I was just in Italy. Oh, we have a friend that was just in Italy. And it just, like, it just, it just, it actually was just pretty magical. Oh, that's hilarious. That's yeah. Funny. It was, it was wild. And so I look for these types of connections that keeps me just really engaged in the wine community. And it's exciting. I also love that Italy wasn't the only place that we both went in 2022. We both went to Argentina. World champions, by the way. Um, How did that trip come to be? That was a press trip for you. You got to see Salta and Mendoza, right? I'm trip.
1: Yeah, I think we were there like 10 days. It just, um, I mean, I was invited. It was absolutely amazing. (laughs) It was such a good time. And I'm a lover of Argentina. It was my second time in Argentina. The first time I went, I was just in Buenos Aires. I didn't go to any wine regions. They didn't even know I wrote about wine when I was there the first time. I was there with the Hyatt. And they had all the winemakers come in because it was their anniversary. And I told them, and I think I just fell so in love with all the beautiful wine and the sparkling wine. So when I, I was invited to this, I'm like, yes, absolutely. And it was glorious. We tried some really amazing wine. The people are wonderful. I still think that one day Argentina's sparkling wine, when they can figure out how to get us more of it, is going to take over the world. They make some of the best sparkling wine. Uh, and I introduced to people to Baron B, uh, which is owned by Shandong, which is, I mean, shout out Shandong, get us some Baron B in the States, please. <laughs> it just, it just was so glorious and just meeting people and tasting the good food. And they're just such a loving community, like people in general, they just are friendly and they want you to have a good time with the food and the drink and the music and everything. I highly recommend Argentina. I know it's not on everybody's list and I get confused. I'm like, if you want to go to a wine region, give Argentina a chance. They've got a little bit of everything, even great white wine. And the Cabernet, we think, is going to be another hot commodity coming out really soon. So there's a lot of great red. You don't have to drink just Malbec. There's a lot, but uh, I highly recommend it. It's beautiful and it really talks to all the senses, I think, in a way that other places do as well. But there's just, something very magical about Argentina. It's hard to put into words. You just got to go experience it. So those of you who are like, I want to go to France. I want to go to Italy. Yes. Those places are amazing, but take a chance on Argentina. I think um, you will be pleasantly surprised at how beautiful and wonderful it is. And it's probably even more affordable.
0: I'm just, I'm glowing. I'm like, can we, I'm going to take these sound bites. I'm going to put them in my pocket because I'm like, you are going to help me spread the gospel of Buenos Aires. It is the best. It is absolutely the best. One of my favorite cities. And actually one of the cities that my husband said, Hey, I think I could live here. And that doesn't
1: always happen. He said wow. he could live there. Yeah. I d- I've said that too. And I, there are days when I'm like, why am I in this crazy city New York? I mean, I know why, but there are days. And, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I could do Buenos Aires. They they have a good time here. And it just, there's something magical about it. It really is.
0: Did anything surprise you that, you know, you'd been there before and this was a return? Was there any like take-home message that was more surprising to you the second
1: time around? Mm, I get, you know what, how much they're into vermouth. I don't know if I knew that. Um, they're very big on the vermouth and that was a, a new thing for me. So, a lot of the wineries are making their own vermouths. I, I was like, huh, okay. But I guess I shouldn't be so surprised. But it just, vermouths in Argentina never really crossed my mind. So, I'd say vermouth. And I tried some really good stuff. Yeah, I'd say the vermouth.
0: So cool. You got to stay at some really beautiful hotels too. I was watching kind of your stories and photos and it seems to me that that tourism aspect is really something you were able to show off. Like the hospitality of yes, like travel, accommodations, food, wine, like you saw the combination that they're putting together there.
1: Yeah. And they, that's the thing they really want people to enjoy. It's like, I think people in Argentina want you to enjoy the way that they enjoy because they love to get together and have food and, and drink. It is their favorite thing to do. And they want you to have those same experiences. I will never forget the Susanna Balbo unique stay. O-M-G. <laughs> was that that like, gosh, I want to say bungalow or I don't know. You yes. were in like a separate room. It was like yes. It was <gasps> amazing. There's only seven rooms at the space. And they gave us uh, three-hour treatments, which yes, which started with the scrub. You go and because everything happens in your room, they come to you, and you have a sauna in your room, the dry and the wet sauna. So you, they do the scrub. You go and you you know take wash it off, and then you come back and they put on a wine cream, a wine cream. And I don't know how long I was laying there because at one point I did fall asleep and I kind of woke up like, where am I? Where am I? And I'm like, oh, heaven, heaven. Um, and so I I went and I you wash off the cream and then that's when they do the massage. And then you, you end in the salt bath, the sea salt bath, which is in this beautiful stone tub. <laughs> I mean... It was amazing. And my skin felt incredible. I told them, though, I wanted the wine cream. I wanted to buy some of the products. And they're like, no, we don't sell them. <laughs> um, I said, but make the take-home version. But I did find out that Yonka, a French beauty brand, makes the products. And I have sensed now I'm addicted to Yonka. So it's this beautiful French brand that makes all these brands that have aromatherapy. In them so they call it this i want to say it's the spiritual ritual ritual experience and it is very very magical the whole place is based on the tree of life which if people are familiar with the kabbalah or what have you you know and all the rooms have a different name like courage and they symbolize different things in susanna balbo's life so i highly recommend it but it is only seven rooms so um, make sure you go because they, they recently opened last year, but I think soon it'll be one of the hottest commodities. She is building another one with her son, but it'll be more glamping. So there will be another opportunity and you get to have her wine. Susanna Balbo is, for those who don't know, is the first female winemaker in Argentina. Amazing wine and from high end to the affordable. So, you know, you can take your time if you've never had them. To go and try the affordable, but let me tell you, that wine and the food there—the filet mignon was like butter.
0: Oh. <laughs> I believe it. You're taking me there. I'm living vicariously oh. through your descriptions right now. You are taking me again, wow. activating all the senses. You are you're describing
1: what I need in my life.
0: Maybe I just need to have a
1: show where I talk about all these trips. I've
0: been. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd sign up. I'd subscribe. Oh. I totally would. <laughs> and I, speaking of the food, we both dined. I was, I was totally stocking your photos when you were there because I was very, very intrigued by where you're going. But um, we both dined at Don Julio's. Oh, my God. Did they give you the welcome bubbles outside before you even got to your table? Did they do that?
1: Yes. Yes. Because if you have to wait a bit, and you do, um, you get welcome bubbles. I highly recommend that place to everyone. Delicious. You have to make a reservation. Um, And apparently they've been so packed that sometimes they even tell you when you get there that you can't go in. I'm like, (gasps) Um, but thank goodness we had a little street credibility because we went with wines of Argentina. And I will say this, the men that are chopping the meat are not hard on the eyes. And we sat right there. I mean, one, I think I wanted to marry good looking, gorgeous men are chopping your pieces of meat. (laughs) Oh, the meat man. I wanted to marry like one of them. Oh, the meat man. Well, it looks like you got to go back to Argentina and get your man. Get my meat man.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I just love it so much. I'm see, this is like, I love traveling with you because the details you're so detail oriented, but it's always something that just brings the experience more to life. So what is next for you? What are you looking forward to about 2023?
1: Ooh, uh I'm looking forward to doing more of the fiction writing that I really want to do the culinary crime because I have a thing for murderers and food and wine. I don't know. Uh one of <laughs> they, these things is not like the other, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a, a killer that loves a good brandy or a good glass of red makes sense, right? Uh I'm looking to finish some stuff, like really get that written and done and I guess in a sense, I'm, I'm kind of launching a new business with working with other brands to get them on premise. I just, I love it. It's like my favorite thing. And and I like being out and about in the streets. Um, You know, I will do that as long as I can. I also get off premise, but on premise is my favorite part. So just working with cool brands that really want to get in New York that I think are deserving of the audience, because uh, there's so many, but it is hard here. Um it's very difficult because we get everything. It's great for people like me who love to eat and drink. It's like, oh, I can find that. I can find that. But for people that sell or somebody with a beautiful new brand, um, it's difficult. But if anybody has a great new brand or something and you want to get it on premise, feel free to reach out to me because I'm working with With new brands. And I especially love women-owned brands and minority-owned brands, especially. Um, That, I think, because we need more of that. We really do. We've got to get more visual with that, and that'll create more of a diverse community.
0: Oh, way more of that. Thank you for that. Yes, bringing just really cool people and cool voices into the space. I think that that's a beautiful, beautiful goal. I know that you work with a lot of brands, but what are you drinking at home? Do you reach for your brandy or are you reaching for your red wine? Like, when you get home after a long day, when you're cooking, because I saw that you
1: do a lot of cooking at home too, what are you drinking at home? It depends on my mood. Sometimes I start with one thing. So there are days when I'm like, ooh, I really want a margarita, but I really want red wine. So I may kick it off with a cocktail and then move it to the red wine. So Sunday <laughs> I do bubbles often. I So a thing about me that a lot of people are surprised about is I love sports, I try not to go out on a Sunday. I will sit here and watch football all day. And I go from morning to evening. That probably is a wine day. Like I may start with a cocktail. Lately it's been cocktails, but I do love like a nice bottle of wine. And I just watch my football and enjoy. Who's your team? Who's your football team? Well, I mean, the Giants, uh, (laughs) the Giants. But um, I am, I'm rooting for the Eagles, which (laughs) I, I mean, I'm like East Coast close. Why not? Um, So I think I'm going to continue to root for the Eagles. I just want good games played. I also like uh, really good players. Like I like the Chiefs because I love the quarterback. So I'm just, I'm now nitpicking since I don't really have a team in it, but I would love an East Coast team to win if possible. I see. I see.
0: Well, I think that whatever it's going to be, I can picture you drinking some really good wine while you're watching your football. Like this is a, this is really cool to me. I'm very excited to learn this about you.
1: Oh, yeah. I I love it. I mean, people know I love Lifetime, too, because the killers and (laughs) and the murderers and, you know, it's like Lifetime's got this formula, which I'd love to write for Lifetime, too, though. But it's the formula of woman got a divorce or had a bad breakup, moves to town. Hot guy comes out of nowhere and then she loves to drink her wine. There's so much wine on Lifetime movies. If you've never watched them, pay attention. Hot guy romances her, I'm in love with you, like two days later. And then he's crazy. And then she has to kill him. So it's just, it's the best time ever. That's the best hour and a half of your life with a good (laughs) glass of wine. And you're not exaggerating. That actually is the plot line of a lot (laughs) or most of them. But I would love to write that stuff. And wine will be included in my stuff too. But like a good glass of red with lifetime or sometimes a good kava. But every once in a while, some of the movies are actually like, that was actually pretty good. You know, and like Vivica Fox shows up, you just never know what random celebrity who hasn't been doing much will be popping up in those movies. And I love it. (laughs) So great. It's the entertainment factor just
0: completely off the charts. I love this so, so much. And wine is always involved. You are just on the go. I'm excited to see what you do next. I just think wherever you're at, something really cool comes of it. So keep doing that for us. We're so lucky. What's the best way for people to find you and connect with you if they want to learn more?
1: Um, Just go to my website, YolandaShoshana.com. I'm in the process of revamping it, but that is where you can find me anywhere. Of course, I'm on Instagram, Yolanda Shoshana. I'm still on Twitter for now. (laughs) Shoshi, S-H-O-S-H-I, but slide into my DMs.
0: That was actually, you were trying to get a hold of the guy in Argentina. Yes, slide into
1: my (laughs) DMs. please. I love it so, so much. Oh my God.
0: Well, I hope to see you soon, whether it's in New York or Charleston or Atlanta or all of the above, you're just such a light. And I'm so thankful to have connected with you through our love of travel, wine, grappa, and Italy. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Awesome. You're the best. I will see you soon. Have a great rest of your day and cheers cheers to you. Thanks for tuning in to the A Cork in the Road podcast, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and interviewing people who are changing the wine world in the Southeast and beyond. You can find more about A Cork in the Road at at A Cork in the Road on Instagram, and make sure to check us out on www.acorkintheroad.com. See you soon, guys. Cheers.